Hello, I'm Ken Seong, Technical Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I'm here with Jürgen Holmquist, Chair of the Ethics Board. We're joined by several additional board members, Marisa Obia, Don Thompson, and Robert Prankini. We're here to discuss some of the highlights from the Ethics Board's meeting held in New York, December 4 through 6, 2013. Jürgen, this was the fourth and final meeting of the board this year. What were some of the highlights and uh, key developments from the meeting? Well, we had discussions on a lot of different issues. Uh, they will be covered by, by Marisa, Don, and, and Bob, uh, so I would uh, leave it to them to comment on that. We had two issues that we're not covering in this podcast, and that is the non-assurance services, where we had a good discussion, and also Part C of the code, which is a part that concerns professional accountants in business, and if you're interested in that as a listener, I suggest you go to our website and look at the, at the documents. Um, I think by that, I just give the floor to Marie Sarbia to speak about long association, which she is responsible for. Thank you, Jürgen. Um, the task force uh, presented the board with some proposals to uh, for improving the overall framework of the long association provisions and also to make some recommendations specifically on the requirements for PIES. The, um, the board was overall supportive of the extended uh, framework and guidance that was presented subject to consideration of some, some further points around the use of terms and uh, potentially some of the examples of threats and factors. Um, the main discussion uh, revolved around um, the uh, cooling off period and the activities that an individual would undertake during that cooling off period. Um, the proposals uh, were to look at a, a three-year cooling off period, but um, the board was was divided at this stage about uh, whether um, that should be a, a longer period or not. So the task force will go back and and reconsider some um, some further models to propose. Um, in general, there was support that um, it was important to consider what activities were undertaken during the cooling off and, and, and that really those should be, should be very limited so that the individual uh, did not have um, uh, any uh, significant contact with the audit client during the cooling off period and really allowed uh, the incoming audit partner to have uh, a fresh look at the audit um, without influence. So those are, those are really the, um, the proposals now, the issues that the task force will, will consider and come back to the board with. Thank you, Marisa. Don, if I may t turn to you, um, this meeting was, in a sense, a, a, a quite an important one for the um, structure of the code initiative in the sense that uh, the working group brought uh, forward some, some initial thinking on proposals for the way forward for the board consider. Would you be able, able to share a bit of the, um, uh, some of the key outcomes from, from the discussion uh, at the board this week? Certainly, Ken. So with the recommendations that were brought forward by the working group, these uh, recommendations were accepted. And in summary, we're looking first at distinguishing requirements from guidance, at the same time retaining the prominence of that guidance and making it clear that the conceptual framework, that is the threats and safeguards approach, is clearly to be identified as a foundational requirement. Secondly, there's agreement that there should be a clear assignment of responsibility for independence matters to identifiable individuals. 
and this includes adding uh, some language in paragraph 290.12 to address the need for a firm to have policies and procedures enabling identification of the individual or individuals responsible for independence in particular circumstances. Third, there's to be a, uh, a review of the language in the current code with consideration of clarification and uh, that would include taking into account drafting conventions and considering reducing the reading level where the um, uh, reading level is, uh, is high in particular circumstances. Also giving greater consideration to translatability of the material in the code as we move forward. Fourth area is enhancing the electronic features of the code with some limited changes in the near future and more extensive changes to be coordinated with uh, future restructuring of the code. There's also uh, various uh, repackaging uh, that may occur, various changes to improve the navigability and usability of the code that would be done in conjunction with the development of additional electronic features. And finally, there's a recommendation that uh, once the restructuring issues have been addressed in the code, that there be consideration of complementary material as appropriate and potentially taking into account work done by others or the potential to work with others on the development of complementary material. So the next stage, the working group's report will be finalized for the April meeting and additional examples of a restructured code will be developed. And it is expected that a project proposal will be presented to the board at this April 2014 meeting to deal with specifics of restructuring the code. Thank you, Don. Bob, if I may turn to you now, uh, at this meeting, the board considered a first redraft of the um, proposed standard on responding to non-compliance with laws and regulations. Uh, what, uh, what do you think were the key highlights from the board discussion? Uh, thank you, Ken. Yes, indeed, I think uh, the discussions the board had on the subject of non-compliance with laws and regulations uh, was, uh, was very productive. Um, we've landed, I think, on a uh, substantially revised draft of, uh, of the provisions. Uh, and uh, I think the next step, um, which I'll talk about in a minute, is going to be a consultation process. I think the, um, the key elements of the revised draft um, are the fact that uh, there is no uh, requirement or rebuttable presumption um, with respect to uh, disclosure of uh, uh, matters of non-compliance with laws and regulations. Um, we have landed on uh, a, a, a permission to disclose um, uh, such matters by um, both professional accountants in public practice and professional accountants in business. Um, the 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 revised draft as compared to the uh, draft that was exposed some 18 months ago uh, focuses uh, a lot on providing guidance uh, rather than simply prescriptive requirements. There are some requirements, of course, um, but it's uh, you know, the tone of it is very much um, one of uh, providing guidance to professional accountants. Uh, in this particular board meeting, 
Um, the uh, the board also agreed to include um, uh, some new provisions, which would uh, hopefully facilitate uh, communication between successor auditors and predecessor auditors. Um, the board was uh, um, uh, very concerned. I think that. Uh, there could be, uh, there can be, uh, with the current code, a situation where uh, an existing auditor resigns from a, an audit client because of a, um, some disagreement with the client regarding a matter of non-compliance or an illegal act. Uh, and this uh, matter is not uh, uh, brought to the attention of the, uh, of the successor auditor. The provision requires that the successor auditor request uh, information from the predecessor auditor uh, the predecessor auditor will obviously have to request consent from the uh, uh, from his client. Uh, but the key thing I think, which is quite unique, is that if the uh, client does not give consent, and the predecessor auditor is required to report that fact to the successor auditor, who uh, can obviously take that into consideration in accepting the client. Uh, so I, I'm uh, very happy with the uh, um, the. Uh, current status of, uh, of the project. Uh, the next step um, uh, was discussed, uh, or the next steps were discussed at the board meeting as well, and uh, it's been agreed that um, we will undertake a consultation process. Uh, we will publish a consultation paper in the coming months and hold uh, public, uh, sorry, round, round tables uh, in which um, uh, representatives of our key stakeholders will be invited to discuss the, uh, the revised draft. These uh, roundtables will uh, likely take place, uh, one in, uh, in the Americas, one in Europe, and one in the Far East. And after that, I think um, you know, there will be some final decision about uh, whether there will be uh, a re-exposure or not. Thank you, Bob. Jürgen, if I may turn back to you just to close off. Uh, the board also discussed the uh, way forward on the uh, future strategy and work plan. What was the outcome of the board discussion? Uh, well, we've had uh, extensive discussion on the strategy and work plan, which covers 2014 up until the end of 2018, so five years. Uh, and we had, of course, a survey to give us input to it uh, already at the beginning of this year. Now we have a proposal, and the important thing about the proposal, which outlines both our priorities and which projects we plan to work on, also states very clearly that we, can have, we should have flexibility to change the work plan if there is uh, a new needs that are coming up, emerging issues of importance and so on. But anyhow, for, for you, the listeners, probably the most important thing is that we will now put our proposed strategy and work plan on our website, on the internet, in about 10 days' time, so, so mid-December. And then there will be a period up until the end of February where you can make comments to it and make suggestions. And, of course, this is a preliminary plan, so we will listen very much to what people have to say, stakeholders have to say. Uh, so come with your comments at the latest on the 28th of February. And then we will, after that, when we have your comments, we will decide on the strategy and work plan for 2014 to 18 and it will of course also have to be approved by the public interest oversight board but this is really an opportunity for you to influence what we will be working on for the next five years thank you very much Jürgen. 
The next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held April 7th through 9th, 2014, in Toronto, Canada. Uh, meetings of the Board are open to the public, and we encourage those interested in to attend our meeting. To register as an observer, visit the meetings page on the Ethics Board's website. More information on the Board and these projects is available on our website, www.ethicsboard.org. The Board records a podcast summary following each meeting. You can also subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC Accountancy Podcast in the Apple iTunes Store. Thank you for listening.